Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 1. When a man taketh a wife and marrieth her, then it cometh to pass, if she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some unseemly thing in her, that he writeth her a bill of divorcement, and giveth it to her hand, and sendeth her out of her house. 2. And she departeth out of his house, and goeth and becometh another man's wife. 3. And the latter husband hateth her, and writeth her a bill of divorcement, and giveth it in her hand, and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, who took her to be his wife. For her former husband, who sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that she is defiled, for that is abomination before the Lord. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. What this is saying is, if you legally divorce a woman, and then she becomes somebody else's wife, you can never marry her again, because it's an abomination. This is because it would be wife-swapping. Even though there's a certificate of divorce and a certificate of marriage, that doesn't change the fact that it's wife swapping. And that's why God is against it. It's a sexual perversion. But it doesn't matter that she legally divorced, legally married the other guy, and then legally got divorced or widowed again. You can't wife swap while you're married to her, which is what people do today. But according to God's law, you can't even wife swap after you're divorced. But if they get divorced and they didn't remarry, then to remarry again is not a perversion. So there's a difference. It isn't wife swapping if she never married anybody else. It's only wife swapping if she married another person. 5. When a man taketh a new wife, he shall not go out in the host, neither shall he be charged with any business. He shall be free for his house one year, and shall cheer his wife whom he hath taken. Isn't that beautiful? During that first year, he has to stay home with her. He's not allowed to go to battle, and he's not allowed to go abroad on business. It's a one-year honeymoon that God requires, because God knows that the woman would be brokenhearted if her husband left her immediately. God understands women better than anybody else does. All these laws in favor of women are astounding, and all these liars that say that God is misogynistic, they're absolute liars. 6. No man shall take the mill or the upper millstone to pledge, for he hath taken a man's life to pledge. If somebody owes you something, then they would give you a pledge until they pay the money. So they'll say like, here, have my laptop until I bring you the cash. But God is saying you can't take and pledge their tool that they support themselves with. If I support myself with my laptop and I actually have employment through it, then I can't pledge that. You can only take and pledge what they can live without. 7. If a man be found stealing of any of his brethren of the children of Israel, and he deal with him as a slave, and sell him, then that thief shall die. So shalt thou put away the evil from the midst of thee. This means that if you kidnap somebody and sell them into slavery, then your penalty is you have to die. The reason that people would legally go into slavery is if they owed somebody money. But if you kidnap somebody who doesn't owe money and sell them as a slave, now you're to be put to death. This is what Joseph's brothers did to him. He didn't owe anybody any money, but they kidnapped him and they sold him as a slave. So according to this law, they should have been put to death, but the law came after what they did. And God wanted them to live because they made the tribes of Israel. God had a lot of mercy toward them. But this law shows you how much God hated what they did. They deserved death but he let them live to glorify his own name. Throughout history, there have been a lot of people that got kidnapped and put into slavery. All of the people who kidnapped them are as good as murderers. That's really evil and they need to repent. 
Now today, slavery is often the sex trade industry and stuff like that. Eight, take heed in the plague of leprosy that thou observe diligently and do according to all that the priests, the Levites, shall teach you as I commanded them, so ye shall observe to do. There is a big intricate cleansing law with leprosy to make sure that the leprosy doesn't spread. And so God is just saying you need to observe that law to the T. 9. Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam by the way as ye came forth out of Egypt. He actually gave her leprosy because she didn't respect the leadership of her younger brother Moses. 10. When thou dost lend thy neighbor any manner of loan, thou shalt not go into his house to fetch his pledge. That means you can't take what you're, you're owed by force. Thou shalt stand without, and the man to whom thou dost lend shall bring forth the pledge without unto thee. You're not allowed to enter the house and look at all of their goods and terrorize them. You have to stay outside and let them bring to you whatever they owe you. 12. And if he be a poor man, thou shalt not sleep with his pledge. If he's really poor, then basically everything he has is something that he needs because he's not going to have any luxury items. Whether he gives you his coat or his grinding mill or whatever it is, it's something that he needs. You can't keep it overnight. If a poor man pledges something, you have to return it to him by sundown. 13. Thou shalt surely restore to him the pledge when the sun goeth down, that he may sleep with his garment and bless thee, and it shall be righteousness unto thee before the Lord thy God. 14. Thou shalt not oppress a hired servant that is poor and needy, whether he be of thy brethren or of thy strangers that are in thy land within thy gates. That means you cannot be cruel to your servant. 15. In the same day thou shalt give him his hire, neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor and setteth his heart upon it, lest he cry against thee unto the Lord, and it be sin in thee. God requires that you pay a servant on the same day that he works, which means he gets paid every single evening at sundown. God doesn't believe in waiting one week or two weeks or a month for your paycheck. He's against that. That's the banking system. The banking system is highly evil. And that's why people have to wait a whole month or half a month to get paid. But we don't have a choice. That's how our society is set up. But just know that you're being taken advantage of. <laughs> 16. The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. You know, sometimes parents will feel guilty for the sin of their children, or children will feel guilty for the sin of their parents. And God says, no, you're only guilty for your own sin. Now, if you were a terrible parent and your child grew up to be an awful sinner, you should not feel guilty for anything that your child has done that's a sin. However, I think it's very just for you to feel guilty for being an awful parent. Now, going back to verse 16, this is how we know that we are not condemned for Adam's sin. Yes, Adam brought sin into the world, but that isn't what condemns us. It's our own sin that condemns us. A lot of people mistakenly think that Adam is the guilty party, and they are not. They don't have to worry about their sin because it's all Adam's fault. No, when we stand before God on Judgment Day, he's going to judge us according to what we have done, not what Adam did. So we need to clean up our lives. God takes it seriously, and he will judge us for it. 17. Thou shalt not pervert the justice due to the stranger or to the fatherless, nor take the widow's raiment to pledge. Remember, God wants us to protect the weak. Foreigners are weak. 
We have to protect them under our law the same way we protect our own. People who don't have fathers and husbands are very weak, and there's tons of people like that today because of fornication, adultery, divorce. There's a whole lot of husbandless women and fatherless children. All of those people are weak and helpless in God's eyes, and we need to protect them. 19. But thou shalt remember thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. Because God took me out of sin, and I remember how sinful I used to be, I have to have compassion toward anybody else who's caught up in sin. 19. When thou reapest thy harvest in thy field, and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go back to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hands. Now most of us are farmers, and even the farmers today, it isn't common in society that people would go to their land and eat their crops because they're hungry. People can't go that far. Hungry people are in the city. Our law considers it trespassing if a stranger goes on your farm and eats your food. But in God's law, that was totally legal. That's what God wanted. He wanted the hungry people to go and glean from your crops. But it's not allowed today because we don't follow God's law. However, any of us can give away our extra food to neighbors who we know are in need. 20. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. You take a stick, you bang on the branches, and then all the olives fall, and then you gather them. But it says, don't go and get the leftovers. Let the poor people come and get the leftovers that fell off the tree. 21. When thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it after thee. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. So after you do your first run through on your grape harvest, then all the poor people can come in and take what was ever left over. You can't go back and do another run through. 22. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. Because they were once poor, so they have to give to the poor. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 20. Four.